everybody. Welcome to another edition of the podcast. We're still down here in Atlanta, and I have the distinct pleasure to be here with Nick McGuire, CEO of Gemma and former analyst at Mobile Analyst, really, at um, IDC. And Nick, introduce yourself. Well, fantastic. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Brian. Good to be here. This is my first um, mobile podcast. This is a truly great experience with this microphone in front of me. I feel really, really, really cool. Uh, yeah, so I, um, I'm the, the CEO of the Global Enterprise Mobility Alliance, which is um, an independent joint venture made up of leading local managed mobility specialists from across the world that are getting together on a common platform to sell to multinationals uh, managed mobility services. So, and to Brian's point, yeah, I uh, formally, le- <coughs> excuse me, formally led um, uh, enterprise mobility research for IDC based in based in London, UK. So, I, I, it's an absolute distinct pleasure to be here, Brian. So, you know, we're going to talk a little bit about Gemma and all that, but before we do that, you know, I want to hand you a little bit on your analyst roots. So, you did that for what ten years or so? Yeah, well, um, yeah, I, I did. I did a couple stints. I, I went. I started at Yankee and then went went work for BT Global Services for a number of years and came back uh, to IDC. So um, I think in aggregate it was about yeah ten years. So you have a lot of experience in the industry, and we're going through some really turbulent changes. Now. Tell me about it. So you know, if you look at it, you know, when you left, BlackBerry was still at least alive. Um, Microsoft wasn't so much alive. Um, you know, you had Apple, Samsung was really just you know coming up and doing their thing and you know nowadays we see Apple and Samsung at the forefront you know we have iOS and Android and um, we got Microsoft you know just bought Nokia and you know they've pulled into third above uh, BlackBerry here as far as you know current selling not told devices yet and we have BlackBerry claiming an auction I mean what's it look like to you you know now you've moved out of the analyst but you know they just, it's still in there I know it yeah you know it's still deep and deep in the heart uh I missed it already. It was only it was May one that I started at, at Gemma, so it's still still lingering. Um, what how I look at it, it's 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 incredible, isn't it? I mean, one of the the advantages actually of being in the UK is you you get a slight different vantage point, right? Because of the the way in which you look, you know. And I, I mean, obviously at, at Gemma as well, we're in the multinational space, so we we've got representation from a lot of the regions of the world where. You've got a slightly different story going on around a lot of these different vendors, right? And so you roll that up. Um, it's still a, a really difficult when you net all that out. It's still really difficult to to um, to create to, to kind of get an overall um, overall picture. But I think with, with with respect to BlackBerry in particular, I think you know it, what I think is fascinating is when you, you can you can look at the corners of the world where BlackBerry. Operate right. I mean, and, and obviously, it's always been really difficult here. For, you know, the past number of years, it's, it's getting harder here. Um, but you you look at the places like the Middle East, right? Um, and they're still doing really well there. I mean, enterprises are are, are still heavily BlackBerry. Yeah, but um, you're you're also from the UK, and UK um, BlackBerry is huge with kids, with you know teens and everything else. Is it going to stay? Uh, is it staying that way? I mean, it, I, it's I, a good I, question because you know, it, I would say two years ago, yes, I think you're starting to see changes. You you really are. I mean, it's 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 not as I suppose Google and and and, and Apple centric um, uh, as it is here. Um, you know, you still get a lot of the um, 
the really, I would say the, the older BlackBerry models, the curves, these sort of things on, you know, very cheap data plans, you know, frankly. Um, and you see the kids running with them. They're prepay as well. And, you know, you go on the buses and you see the BBMs flying. And, I, you know, that was always very common, you know, in London in particular. Now, you, that, that is slightly starting to change already. It's amazing how quickly it changes at that level, you know, in the marketplace. Um, so, but at the same time, it's still, it's still a little bit different, right? Um, and, and then you go, and then you go into, you go into places into Asia Pacific as well. And it, it's, and again, it's Blackberry's huge, completely different, different, different scenario. So uh, how this balances out is the real question, right? And, and, and how the, the success, you know, there was a company that I was, I think we had this conversation last night. Um, over a few beers, but my, my memory's hazy now. Uh, but um, you said you didn't want to talk about last well, night, I got, so I got I abuse am. from you last night. So I'm raising it now, just so that I can defend myself. But um, the there was one company I was speaking to last year. One company I was speaking to last year um, had 200,000 Blackberries in its fleet still. So there are there are companies out there with a big, still a big dependency. Hey, it's interesting. I was talking to. Um uh, of someone uh, who was here at the conference, and they're a major firm, which we also talked about last night, but I right. won't say their name because I didn't ask them before I said this information, but they have um, over 20,000 Blackberries. Yeah. And he said, yeah, we're not going up anymore. You know, we used to be going up unbelievably fast, and I'm sorry, 200,000 Blackberries. It may, we may even be the same company. So wow. we used to be going up really, really fast, and now we're seeing them fall. Yeah. Now we're not they're not falling at a thousand at a time or anything, but yeah. you know, he said we're falling a hundred to two hundred a month and you know, it's accelerating. Yeah. And you know, that that's where it starts to become interesting. Um but what I you know, one of the things, you know, having you here, which would be kinda neat, in the US and a lot you know, we have listeners in the US but we have listeners all over the world and one of the things that people in the US probably don't get is there aren't subsidies in a lot of countries outside the US. And, you know, that's something you're more, much more familiar with and can probably speak to about how absolutely. they kind of sell phones outside of the U.S. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and, and you got you got to look at the, the, the total picture. I mean, it's the, the in, in certain markets, the lack of subsidies. So, obviously, price points on the hardware are very important. But it's the data plans as well, right? And, and uh, you know, you talk to some of these organizations where they've got employees spread all over the world. I mean, 30, 40, 50 countries, you know. Uh, you know, tens of thousands of employees in you know these multiple countries, and you're looking at your options, right? Um, you've got your BEZ infrastructure already in place. Um, you've made that investment, you know, years ago. Um, but you know, your 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 employees are moving around, and what what you know when you when you think about also the engagement that these companies have had with their carriers over that period of time, only on BlackBerry. Imagine those conversations of, you know, every two years or a year, those data plans are renewed and those blackberries are renewed by the carrier. And each year they get beaten down, beaten down, beaten down, beaten down to the point where they're actually really cheap. They're really cheap and they're really predictive. You know, it's like fixed line, you know. And, and so I think when you got these companies that have got these number of blackberries still in the fleet, that there's a reason for that, right? Because they are, you know, they are cheap. So we, we see it, you know, it's... I've seen companies, and I won't say names, but certainly in Asia and other places where, you know, they may be all iOS in other spots or iOS and Android, and they get to Asia, and it's a matter of the Blackberries are so much cheaper, and, you know, these guys have a fixed budget. So say you have to go this, and they turn around and say, 
great, but we can only outfit half our workforce. That's right. Yeah. You know, we, yeah. we're going to stick with BlackBerry, and you know, so let, let's let's keep going with BlackBerry then, and we'll get back to subsidies in a bit. Um, BlackBerry said they want to have this auction by November, and you know, I look at them and I see really two businesses. Some people say three. You know, I see the Bez business. And then I see their handset and their OS business. Right. And as one, basically. As one basis. So you have the handset OS is one business. Yeah. You know, that I can see. Yeah, we talked about this last night. You know, and I said, who would buy these two businesses? And on the, you know, for me and the conversation we had, and there are a couple other people with us, I think we settled that the handset OS business might actually go really well with Amazon, just for the fact that they've had some issues with. finding people to make a device for them. Right. But where do you see their handset? You know, who else do you see out there for that? That's, that's a tricky one, isn't it? I mean, um, the immediate thought is a lot of the Asian PC manufacturers are right, trying to get into mobile, right? That's where people start. Um, but then that gets complicated because some of them, you know, you think about the Canadian government and the ownership and the restrictions there of foreign ownership into Canada in certain geographies of Asia Pac. And does that slow a deal down? Who knows? You, need, you can only speculate on that. But that's clearly one path that people think is a, a viable option. But there aren't that many options there. You know, who are you thinking of? You think of Lenovo's in the press? I mean, some of these others. So I, I don't, that, that's, that's one route. I, I, I'm not sure. I, you know, do do you then say, okay, what's the valuable asset there? I mean, clearly it's the OS, right? So, so you and and so therefore, where does the OS take you? And if the OS takes you into the pervasive computing, you're getting into other, you know, other other industries, automotive, what, with Internet of Things, whatever, whatever that be. I mean, obviously, Cunix has got a heritage and, and other verticals as well that that could be exploited. I think that piece is really attractive. It's the the kind of hardware manufacturing facilities that BlackBerry have, or the the way in which they do the manufacturing, that there will be an asset base there that will need to be, you know, either someone will want it and roll it up into the OS, or they'll actually want it carved off. Who knows? You yeah. could speculate. But I, th- I, I, I agree with you. I think there's there's two real debating points around, okay, if BlackBerry is going to be bought, and who's looking at BlackBerry at the moment, they're going to be looking at those main bits of it. Um, but they're two separate value propositions. So, right? so let's look at the second one. So the second one would be um, Bez, and you know when we talk about Bez, there's the um, there's the NOC, mm-hmm. so the Network Operations Center. So for those that don't know how Bez works, um, they have their own NOC. You actually send your traffic through BlackBerry's NOC um, and through the carriers and back, and they can do compression. They do security. That's the piece that the governments and everything else like because they can keep things, you know, the DOD looks at that, you know, it's protected data. Who looks at that? I mean, you know what my opinion is, but let's see, you know. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, you, you've got. Um, and there's that, you know, it's the management piece around Bez as well. You know, it's. Correct. Yeah. It is MDM. It's few, you know, they bought the stuff for Fusion. They have this. And. There are a ton of people who need MDM right now that don't have it. Well, at its baseline, that Bez combined knock architecture, okay? I mean, there's the management front-end piece of it. Let's, let's put that aside for a moment because that's, that's a different, different dialogue. Animal. That's a different dialogue, really. But the underlying architecture and infrastructure for the knock is – that's transport, isn't it? It's secure transport of data. And, and so who's interested in that? Who would be would a, would a carrier be interested in that that wants to sell the enterprise? Would that you know t- technically speaking, I'm not the engineer. You know how, how much can you run through that um, architecture? 
and that infrastructure and still preserve a really good user experience on mobile. I mean, from, from my, my – and also, frankly, as well, um, which is slightly um, – you know, the opposite is also the good cost economics of data as well that the NOC infrastructure brings because of the compression and, you know, the, 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 the engagement with the carriers and the, relate, uh, the contracting with the carriers in all these markets as well. So, and, and that was a point you brought up last night, so I don't want you to just gloss over that. You were talking about the fact that the, <coughs> excuse me, the deals and the rates that they've gone, you know, have driven, you know, BlackBerry's really, BlackBerry and the companies out there have driven the carriers to really closer to a fixed line cost. You know what you're getting with a BlackBerry. You know what your contract is. They've cut down on the data. And, you know, I don't want you to gloss over that because you said that that's an important piece. I, I think for big multinational enterprises that have their BES infrastructure running, that is a huge important piece uh, because the TCO is so much lower. I mean, you, the, the, you compare it to data plans on iOS and Android, right? They're all over the shop. They're carrier specific. They're not enterprise, you know, Collected in terms of you know aggregate pricing for a multinational across the world, and and frankly the the carriers make a lot of money on iOS and Android data, right? Because you know obviously they'll make a lot of money on the hardware for iOS, so they want to reap back a lot of the return on on the uh, on the data, um, and 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 clearly without compression, it's it's really. You know, it's, it's expensive for, for enterprises. It's quite interesting. That's as an aside. You know, it's starting to interesting to see some of the startups that are coming up in the compression space. Onevo's one of them. one of them. Wondera. Wondera's yeah. another one. You talk to these guys, and they'll say the, the fact that the BlackBerry is struggling for us is, you know, a huge driver of our business because who's doing compression on, on Android? No one, really. And they need an enterprise-grade solution. Funnily enough, and as, a, as an anecdote, when I was in my analyst days, I was down in South Africa, um, and I was I was working. I, was, I did a I did a presentation at a, a fairly big CIO event in Africa that was looking at Pan Africa on behalf of an operator down there. And so there were some really big CIOs down there. Um, and uh, one of the um, Android manufacturers was up there pitching their product in, in, to this to the CIOs. Um, I won't name the name, but. Um, uh, and it was told a good enterprise story, great, great device, great, you know, great capability, you know, all locked in with MDM solutions, all that sort of good stuff. I'm sure you can guess who it is. But um, <laughs> the, uh, the three questions is propped up right away, all linked. How do you compress the data? Can you compress the data? Because the reason why we like BlackBerry is they compress the data. I've got a bill that came back for me. One guy had a bill. His device was stolen, corporate liable device was stolen uh, in South Africa, <laughs> turned up in Nigeria four days later. The bill was a million rand, so 120 grand U.S. or something thereabouts. I forget my, my uh, South African rand to U.S. currency, but it was around that ballpark. Um, and, uh, and it was because the device was being used as a modem to communicate back to Colombia because it was some drug cartel thing that caught it. So it was really, really weird stuff, but it was super expensive. So obviously, you know, when you get into these other areas of the world where bandwidth is still at a premium, you know, they're, the, to compress this day is an important, important solution for enterprises in particular. So anyway, I'm digressing, but coming back, I mean, I think that, that that's still a value, that network architecture so um, it's still so, value to someone. Now the question is who, right? So who who do you think? Or, or you want me to say what I said last night? And you, you know, want to I, rip I, off I, was, that. I always wonder whether a carrier would be interested in that, right? A carrier that sells mobility, you know, solutions and and wants to have some optimal, um, you know, secure channel for data 
to uh, for enterprises. Okay, that, that's one piece. Um, I mean, the issue I we, the issue I see with that one is just the fact that if a single carrier takes it over, do they leave it open to everybody? Do they charge them? Do they you know? Okay, this is ours now. This exactly. is our asset. There's, there's a lot of questions. It's an asset that if you're going after the multinational market, you know, if if you can get it, I mean, obviously there's an expense here as well. But I can see that being one possibility. I don't think it's going to happen for, for obvious reasons. Carriers aren't. So, so then you think of, okay, who who is a solution provider for the enterprise? So, yeah, and, that, and so last, last night we started with this, and, you know, I just said, I still see BlackBerry as the perfect, you know, the best part as the perfect opportunity for Microsoft. And, you know, the first pushback. Secure the, transport. You know, the for, first, for active sync, right? Yeah, next, secure, next generation active sync. A whole, let, well, let's go through the model and then we'll see if it still makes sense. But, you know, there's a lot of pushback. Well, they just bought Nokia. It doesn't make sense. Okay, why yeah, why yeah, would yeah, they yeah. want that? And, you know, I said, well, let's look at it from a different perspective. Let's leave the handset and OS stuff aside. Yeah, yeah. We don't need that. You know, they got Nokia. But they have some opportunities. If they pick up BlackBerry, they can actually say, we now have secure transport for email. You know, in reality, they can deprecate EAS and say, okay, we'll leave EAS for Android and iOS, but if you buy a Windows phone, you buy a Windows Nokia device, so we won't even say Windows phone, Windows Nokia device, yep. with ROS, yep. you get secure transport, secure email, data compression, um, you get it on this great device that Nokia makes, and we're going to improve the OS faster and make it, you know, harden a little bit. But we get at least all the BEZ patents and everything that goes with that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And we take the knock. So, hey, now we've become a real solution provider. Now we can actually give you soup to nuts. And, you know, to me, that makes sense. I mean, what's your take on I that? Mean, I mean, I, I totally think it makes sense. I mean, it also, it's Microsoft into defense. It's Microsoft into federal. It's in government. It's into local markets because, you know, we forget that that knock investment that architecture, country by country, BlackBerry have had to put some sweat. I mean, into Russia, into India, where you've got legal intercept issues, where you just cannot route traffic out of country. It's got to be sitting locally. I mean, this is the challenge you have in the cloud space, right? I mean, a lot of these lighting up data centers and where you put them, and making sure that you've got local data data residency for regulatory purposes. So, you know, BlackBerry have made those events. They've dealt that pain over the years. Um, you know, with with in selling to, to governments, but also selling selling in in certain corners of the world where it's required. So Microsoft just gets that bang with that with that acquisition as well. So that's a huge platform for enterprise in particular um, for them to go um, with a. The, the assumption, of course, is that so if BlackBerry goes away, who then takes up the mantle of being the you know the defense. Standard for mobile, right? Or the you know, and, 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 and let's be clear, Samsung wants it. There's sure, no doubt. sure. Samsung sure, knocks. Sure. They absolutely sure, want to pick sure, up that mantle. Sure, sure. It's taken them a while, hasn't it, to get to get going on Knox, hasn't it? You mean it's been almost it's been almost what is it nine months now since they announced it? Yeah, you know, yeah. at least six months. It may be nine months, but you know they're pushing hard on that. Um, you know, the other piece that occurred to me when we were talking about last night, and I hadn't thought about before when I thought about this was. BlackBerry Messenger is also a neat little add-in there um, because they have the you know they have the iOS and Android clients that are about to come out. They could hook it into their Skype Yammer piece, add 84 million kids, you know, and other people obviously. But yeah. you know, there's this whole culture of people they can add to this. 
that kind of dovetails into what they do. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And you and you get um, you get the 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 ability to, um, I guess, add you know an I a fairly decent you know mobile IM capability underlying that you know to Microsoft as well because they've never really you know really really played in that space as well, as well so you're right that that comes that, that comes with it to me to me it's it's that underlying infrastructure I think that to me that you can for for the enterprise I think there there is certainly a, a really interesting value proposition there one of the things that you can you can also do um, with that infrastructure is you can run direct MPLS lines into that infrastructure if you're a mobile sorry if you're a multinational organization which allows you to have a direct line in and you can do so you can do some really solid um, uh, you know performance management you can really you can really have a very strong control of the uh, of the transport um, uh, as a result and which, I think which makes organi- you know organizations look at that again as security yeah, performance yeah. you know yeah They've had their issues, but in reality, you know, it's been up for what, 14 years now? Uh, 15 years, 1998. Um, so it's been around a long time. The one thing I would say, though, just quickly on that, the the only thing I'm I'm not 100 percent sure on. I don't know if you you can jump in on this, but it's the user experience. So you compress, you compress, you compress, and you know, on one hand, that's that's great. But on the other hand, the user experience is driven by more and more thick, thick client, so to speak, experience, right? Like heavy pipes, heavy bandwidth, you know, heavy apps, you know, heavy content, video, etc. And I don't know if the two marry, frankly. I, I don't well, know so if there the, comes the, a point. I mean, secure email is great, but you know, does it does it come when you start to say, okay, we're going to run? I mean, I think this was a, a, a technically strategic issue that BlackBerry faced when they were going to BB10 was. Can do we, you know, what do first of all, you know, do we run the consumer experience through Bez, or will the consumer experience through Bez be so, <coughs> excuse me, undermined in comparison to, <coughs> excuse me, in comparison to iOS and Android that it was impossible? Well, the question is, you know, can you know, <coughs> if you own the infrastructure and you're building your Windows Phone to deal with this, can you actually design the entrance into those pipes so maybe if you're compressing the data? You can have more apps running um, at the same time. You know that that's one of Microsoft's play. You know as far right. as you know, right. being able to do that and actually get more data across smaller pipes. Because as much as we like to say the network's ubiquitous, you know, we're in a hotel, we're actually in the <coughs> hotel right now in Atlanta where Verizon, <coughs> Verizon doesn't work. That that is that is such an important point. I, yeah. I can't when you when you start to go outside and go you know truly you know global and go into some. You know, really nascent countries worldwide. Africa, Africa but Asia, you, Pac, some of those and, places. And you talk, you talk to Black, BlackBerry advocates and enterprise from all over the world, and they'll tell you, you know, the reason why I go, I land in Kuala Lumpur or I land in Delhi and I turn on my BlackBerry and it works. It just it just starts. And I've tried every other device. I mean, certain devices aren't allowed. You know, obviously. Um, and 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 or I'm fiddling around with my version of uh, of you know an Android you know manufacturer device that um, you know that has some sort of carrier settings and carrier customization that that I don't obviously recognize in my device because I'm traveling into these geographies 
and it's a nightmare. So you know, th- you're absolutely right on that. You know that 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 aspect uh, for if if Microsoft can leverage if if this you know materializes in your theory, we have to stress this is a theory. Yeah, right? Definitely a theory. I, I have yeah. no inside knowledge <laughs> whatsoever. Um, that that I think is a, a huge value prop for for Microsoft in a global capacity. You know, also you marry that with Nokia's global branding and distribution and reach and point of sale capabilities externally as well. It actually makes makes a lot of sense. And you know, when you talk about moving from the Asha line of the Nokia's that Microsoft has acquired as part of this and talk about moving them to smartphones, yeah. what good is a smartphone in um, some places in Africa, Asia Pac or anywhere, you know, where you don't have the data throughput. Okay, great. I have an app on here, but I can't reach the cloud exactly. behind it. So, exactly. if not Microsoft, anybody else you can think of? Because you know, we had a we, lot we of had trouble. This conver- we had this conversation. I was thinking of you know, I mean, Dell. What, what does Dell come in? I mean, then then Dell. Then you say, does Dell look holistically? I mean, I, I would argue. You know, obviously we're we're completely hypotheticalizing and speculating in this. But, you know, Dell is probably one of the only, if we talk about Dell as a candidate, you know, say we make a top 10 list and they're in there somewhere, Dell would be one of the few that I could see being interested in the whole thing. You know what I mean? Like I, these other companies that we're speculating on, I, I think they're going to only be interested in, in bits of it, right? Well, it, it could also be HP, but on the other hand, we've seen how HP handles um, mobile acquisitions. So I don't know that I'd want them to pick it up if I really want it to survive. Yeah, yeah. It's a. I, I think. I think what. You, you, well, let's let's go down the path of some some other options. But I think I think the Dell scenario. I think that's a little bit tricky. But pretty soon you're getting down to a short list. And I think what what that means is, is uh, as well is I, I think there aren't that many options out there unless the organization is 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 structured differently. Um, but alternatively, I think truly what's going to happen, in my, my personal view, is that this this is all speculation. I think I think BlackBerry will still run, um, and it will run, and maybe it'll have different investment and investor structure, and maybe maybe there'll be strategic changes and bits will change. But it's still going to run, and I think it's going to run some, for some time. Um, uh, it, 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 it makes it, sense no, for everyone. That's even if, if there is a sp- potential. Nobody buyer. buys it. It dies a slow death. That's right. But a slow death. You right. know, it's you know, and eventually somebody will pick up some of the pieces. I don't think the pat. You know, I, a lot of people say the third business for them. You know, I alluded to when we started was is the patent leg, and you know, I don't really think their patents are there. You know, I think they would have been defending them for a heck of a long time, and they're not. They haven't really gone and get, you know, against anybody for them. And we've seen what's happened with Motorola. Google bought Motorola yeah. for their patents and hasn't really won anything with them. Yeah. So let's take, you know, let's actually talk a little bit. You know, we've good conversation about uh, BlackBerry, but let's kind of um, transition and hit a tangent and actually talk a little bit about Gemma. Because, you know, what's interesting about Gemma and, you know, what you guys do, um, I, work for, I work for multinational. I work for an international yep. company, and as I understand it, and the, you know, then let, let's kind of dig into what you guys do. You guys are enabling mobility for multinationals from the perspective of you got all these member companies, and you, I, I think your joint venture. You can explain that in a second. Sure. But um, you enable a company. Let's say, you know, let's say GE for example, and I have no idea if GE uses you. I'm not. I'm using it because it's a global conglomerate. 
um, based out of the U.S., but it's all over the world. And you enable them to, for example, we're going to have a project here. We're going to roll out mobile mobile devices, whether it's iPads, whether it's um, Samsung tablets, whether it's Windows RT, and UA and BlackBerry. We yeah, BlackBerry. Yeah, we're you know, we, I mean, it's a, we're a global company, and you know, the, the big point I think back from what we we're just talking about is that you know, BlackBerry is still a, a big player in the in the global multinational space as well, and that that's not going to you know end, end anytime soon in my mind, despite their despite the difficulties that they're having. So uh, absolutely, and we've seen pockets of, of pretty solid success across the, our, our member network with BlackBerry, and that that will will no doubt still continue for the time being. So and so. Yeah. Complete sense. And then what you do is you guys take that and you help them deploy this solution all over the world. And you know, I can speak knowing what we, you know, what we've gone through at my company. That you know, it can be real difficult to have the same deployment, for example, in Germany, in Singapore, in Japan, in Australia. Because you know, let's take Apple for example. They don't run the same way in all these places. And we just have this problem with servers. You know, HP could deliver one way in Israel, could have to deliver a different way in, you know, um, Lebanon exactly. or something else. Exactly and right. So why don't you actually talk about what you do? Because it's really interesting to me how successful you guys are in doing what you do. Yeah, so you're, you're absolutely right. I mean, I think it's, it's – it's, first of all, we've been going – the Global Enterprise Mobility Alliance has been going for – you know, about two years, we've been formalized as a as an independent joint venture, so a legal entity. Uh, literally, with almost a year going now, so it's it's still really early days in the life cycle of the of the alliance. <clears throat> what it what it is is, is similar to the airline the airline model. So the Star Alliance, the you know the uh, the One World Alliance. The, you know, you you as uh, within the airlines, you as an individual, you have a relationship with your local carrier. Okay, your local carrier takes you all over the world through a network of allegiances and alliances that they've made uh, from a service delivery point of view to take care of you in terms of where they can in, in gaps where they cannot supply you services so what we what we find in mobility and you'll no doubt attest to this is is, is a couple of things I mean I mean first of all the the requirements that enterprises have for mobility as we all know have changed quite massively in the last certainly in the last two years right and, and those requirements and the end, were driven by end users, clearly, okay? Um, and um, IT <clears throat> have had to, through all the forces of consumerization and in, in other, other aspects, BYOD, et cetera, um, have had to adapt really quickly. Um, and what, what we, and certainly what I saw at, at IDC as well, is that behind every nascent mobile strategy, in an organization, there was always a specialist organization that was either consulting the company in terms of how they build a mobility strategy or how they manage their mobility needs, was either doing some implementation support locally um, in those uh, in those countries, or even further down the path, actually doing some managed services, so on, on some form of recurring revenue uh, stream with that organization, taking care of some aspects of their mobility projects. And, and in terms of management and ongoing support. Okay, so, um, and that pattern exists all over the world. So whether you're in the US, whether you're in Russia, whether you're in the UK, whether you're in Germany, whether you're, you know, you're in China, there are specialists that are working with these organizations. In, so what we what we've, are doing effectively is bringing these specialists together that operate locally 
and creating a framework and a platform for them, infrastructure and processes, common uh, MSA, um, you know, common uh, statement of work, you know, uh, documentation, uh, common SLAs and service level guarantees uh, to deliver holistic services in a local capacity to multinationals. So what does that mean? Well, you know, you're, you're Sanofi or you're from, you know, a pharmaceutical company, another pharmaceutical company, say like Novartis, and, and, and your, your headquarter decision-making is in X geography. Um, and you want to do a number of things. You want to deploy, you know, tablets to 20,000 of your workers in 24 countries. Okay, where, where do you start for that? Um, so what we do is we can help organizations deploy the devices globally in all the geographies that they do. We can locally stage and configure those devices for them. We can handle the logistics and the you know the warranty management of the, of those those devices and provide some SLAs around that. And then importantly, beyond that, we can do a lot of the managed services. So the help desk, we can provide local language support across our network of members. Um, uh, we can provide you know same day. You know, on-site engineers locally in a lot of the geographies we work with, and and work within, and and most importantly, I think what we also can do is provide that local technical consulting element that occurs. You know, as you do a mobility project, you know, you need to have guys there with you to support you in country, you know, in local language um, as you as you grow your strategy. So. Um, I guess, you know, the, the main source of competition in terms of how you look at it, because it's an interesting market in the global space, but would be, I guess, the equivalent of kind of the, the carriers or perhaps, you know, the global SIs that, well, that will, will have a centralized model um, and will have to shift guys into geographies. Well, sort of like, according, you know, according, I, according I would, to their customer demands. I would think a competition for you would also be someone like Accenture or something like that where, you know, we can do a local help desk. We have people who do strategy. We have people who know how to source and everything else. So, but what I find interesting is I don't see a lot of you know other than airlines. I don't necessarily see a lot of this. You know, we don't see this really in cloud. We don't see this in some of the you know some of the other computing um, areas, networking, etc. Which is, I think what makes this interesting. Now, how does one engage with you? Because you know you provide these services. Do they come to Gemini? Do they start with <clears throat> your partners and the partners throw them to you, or you know? How do I do that as a company? Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a really good question. I think it, it actually it's, – it's very simple. I think the common model is because our differentiation is the fact that we leverage that local capability. And so so the common model is that there's local engagement with our members. So um, whether whether our Nation Sky colleagues in China, whether it's the Vox Mobile colleagues in the U.S., you know, they, they have relationships. They are they they have go to market strategies in their in their home territories. Oftentimes, they're engaging multinationals, um, and and effectively, the pattern is is that those their their customers start local, and then after a, a period of time of success, they then ask the member to go global. And in which case, the member uses the alliance for international service delivery. But the model of contracting and interface and management, et cetera, is done in the home country through the local member. And then the other members support that member on those particular projects. So that gives us that local capability. So whether it's in Russia, 
you know, we, we don't yet have a Russian member, but, you know, you can imagine there, you know, there will be energy and oil and gas companies Absolutely. that are working globally. They're going to want to work in Russian, but they're going to need international delivery outside of Russia. And that, that's where where we come in because we have that, that strength and depth on a, on a global basis. So that's one model being the... We also um, we work quite closely with AT&T as, as partners as well. So we help with AT&T in terms of their international delivery uh, for mobility outside of the U.S. So we have um, we have uh, we do we do engage on, on the channel side and that side. Um, and there is there is a minor um, portion of activity that we've had in its early days in our, our history, where it, depending on the customer, the customer actually has asked Gemma collectively to be the main interface, in which case we, myself and, and, and some of my employees, will interface and lead the project. Um, and our, our members become behind the Gemma front, if you like, and do the delivery. Yeah, I mean, the but that's very rare because, you know, ultimately the strength of our, is it with our members in the local markets that they operate. Yeah, I mean, I love the model. And, you know, you're starting to see it and it's kind of interesting, you know, because we're also starting to see apps. They're trying, you know, I could actually <coughs> see you guys branching out into apps a little bit because there are apps that say, you know what, I built myself in the U.S. or I built myself here, but, you know, people want to use this app over here and we don't know how to deliver this service, everything else to it. Absolutely you right. Know, I mean, support, supporting an app globally. I mean, a lot of these apps are, you know, they're, they're small companies, right? They're based somewhere in California. If you're a bank, you know, pick one, pick HSBC, you say, for example, and you like this app, but the company's like 30 guys and they can provide 24-7 support. That's one piece. But what happens if you want it in a local language? You know, you want to run it across 24 countries, but you don't want your entire support and, your, you know, your, your bank. These apps are important applications, a lot of them, right? I mean, we're getting into the phase now mobile it's not just email anymore, right? It's, these are some, some of these apps are being used for really important things in the business. So, so you want the guarantees of support. So we'll, we'll do that. So right. we'll provide. So you, do, you do do that. We, sort we of will do that, yeah. So we, we can provide through the member network, we can provide app support, you know, on a, on a local basis. And a local language capacity in a in a twenty four seven follow the sun model and 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 uh, it's early days we're not we're seeing RFPs there yep um, we're we're doing proof of concepts there but we're not you know but we're not far before companies will say actually I'm going to need a service provider to provide me that support for some of these some of these uh, some of these applications that I'm looking at deploying across thirty thousand employees so now we're running out of time and I know that you know you have a dinner thing but I'm gonna, uh, you have to tell me you have a minute to I got I got a couple minutes yeah okay because I want to hit you with one more theory because we kind of I don't know what we were drinking last night but uh, you know we, even we, though you gave me uh, we, we touched, gave me a hard time for leaving we, we, we touched on a um, theory last night because um, you know you mentioned that you worked with AT&T and you know one of the rumors going around now is you know with, oh, uh, this one. Wow. with, with Vodafone um, yeah. having uh, made 135 uh, billion dollars um, insane isn't with, it? with uh, the divestment of uh, Verizon you know, there's a rumor going around of what would happen if um, AT&T and Vodafone ended up together. Oh, that's a massive deal, isn't it? But what do you think? I mean, I, yeah, I mean, I think anything's possible. I think, you know, um, and I, the, I, the, when we were the, talking about last night, you know, the thing that struck me is AT&T thinks of itself as a global company. And I may get in trouble with some of my AT&T listeners here, but it's not. Yeah. And, you know, this would give it a huge presence in Europe. For mobile, you mean? You yeah, mean for mobile. mobile. Right. So, you know, when you start looking at Europe and, you know, yeah. the opportunity to say, I have an operator here. You know, you don't have roaming charges anymore. You don't have this other stuff because we can 
we can do this for you now. I mean, I just see huge synergies here, and you know, and Vodafone's huge too. I mean, Vodafone's got yeah, it's and 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 it's even even bigger now with in terms of its value, obviously, with a lot of that cash from coming from Verizon. There's two ways you look at it, right? I mean, there's on one hand when that when the the um, the Vodafone Verizon deal happened, you're thinking, okay, that's 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 a barrier to an AT&T Vodafone merger massively removed, but. On one hand, that's also an impediment because there's, the Vodafone's values just shot right up, right? So, how's AT and T got fund an acquisition? And and I, I don't I don't actually know I don't know how it balances out between them in terms of no size idea myself either. You know, I mean, it could, it could very well be that Vodafone's actually a magnitude now bigger than AT and I honestly don't know. And we, and we won't debate that because we but, both admit we but, don't know. But but bringing those two together, I mean, regulatory issues pending clearly. Yeah. But you're absolutely right. That, that creates a, an absolute um, global behemoth. But I, I'm, I'm wondering if Vodafone would be interested. Uh, my, my view is that Vodafone is going to start to use that cash and start to go on an acquisition spree of its own, and it's going to go in. It's going to go into Africa in a more heavy, heavy hitting way. Um, and it's going to go into some of these areas of the emerging areas of the world where if you start to look at Vodafone's balance sheet, you're starting to see that its growth is, is coming clearly in, from these areas of the world that are just starting to crop, you know, starting to pick up in terms of mobile. And actually, it's having a struggle in certain areas of Europe in particular where, you know, quarter after quarter, they're seeing, you know, Spain in particular, just seeing really, really pressure on the revenue. So... Um, I think that's where Vodafone will go, but at the same time, it depends on how you know aggressive AT and T are. Oh, you know, um, I I kind of think of this, you know, and we didn't get to this part last night. I look at like SoftBank and Sprint. You know, Soft, right. SoftBank and you know, for those of you that don't know SoftBank, it's a, it's a Japanese um, uh, telco, and uh, I'm going to get his name wrong, but it's uh, Masa Yoshisan, is it? Right. Um, I may, I, and if I said it wrong, I'm going to apologize now. But very That's much a for, very much a forward thinking uh, head of that company, and the stuff that he's doing with his employees, you know, they've had iPads out for three years now. You know, he uses one exclusively, and you know, he's given one to all his employees, and you know, they're looking at data and everything else, and you know, people are kind of going, well, why Sprint? But you know, this, there's no foothold there for Vodafone really outside of Europe. And, you know, I see what you're saying about Africa, but I think a foothold in the U.S., you know, look at it the other way as opposed to AT&T there, Vodafone coming this right, way. Right, Kind of interesting, you know, that gives you... Absolutely right. You know, gives you the power then to go into Latin America and Africa. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, that's where your growth markets are going to be. You're right. I mean, I, and I, I think the initiator of that deal, well, I guess the point I was trying to make is who, who is the, the initiator? And don't know. I, I, my my personal view it's it's AT and T, but for 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 where they no doubt have ambition, um, because I think Vodafone's, I think their their focus is distracted. I could be wrong. I mean, I but my, my, my get that's my guess. We'll give you a very yeah, very with visibility, of, with visibility yeah. of like a fingernail on this whole issue. You've been out of the business for a few you know for six <laughs> months now, so we have to give you a little bit of a pass, but. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, I think I think that on balance, it's uh, it's 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 Vodafone's willingness to to move in that direction. I'm not sure. 
Okay, you know what? I, I got to let you go. I know you have a uh, dinner meeting you have to get to, but this has been absolutely awesome. So, you know, Nick, I want to thank you for taking the time. I know this is the first time you've done one like this, so thank you. I appreciate it. Um, next time we'll have um, alcohol with us and make it a little bit more fun. Um, but uh, thank you for taking the time. No, thank, thanks for having me. It's been wicked. Really enjoyed it. Hope, hope to do it again soon. Uh, we'll find a way to get you back on. And so, you know, this, is, this wraps up another episode of the MobileCast. Um, this will be the last one from Atlanta. Uh, we'll have a couple coming up uh, from San Diego, actually. You know, the studio is moving around. But again, listeners, you have questions, comments, suggestions, please hit us up on Twitter, um, email, the webpage. And until next time, have fun. <laughs>